Good evening, everybody, to another edition of the Mike Davis Show without Mike Davis. Mike Davis remains at large. He is traveling in parts unknown, surfing with family, and enjoying some well-deserved time off. And so I thought it'd be nice to show up and make him a little bit of money. So we'll do that, and then we'll get into another great conversation with another great guest. So thank you for joining us tonight. We've got A to Z, they offer free estimates and have been serving St. John's County for over 20 years in the construction industry. A to Z offers painted metal roofs or saltwater area homes with warranties for up to 25 years. They also offer shingle roofs with warranty for up to 50 years. They also do tile roofing, cedar shake shingles, designer roofing, and flat roof coverings. Recent job photos and material descriptions can be seen at A to Z Roofing and Waterproofing. So call Chuck McCone and his team. Have them come and check out your roof. And if you need a new roof, Give them a try at A to Z Roofing and Waterproofing. We also have Solomon Services. They are the premier place for personal training in St. Augustine. They specialize in small group strength and fitness development, athletic development for team and individual sports, sports injury-related training, state-of-the-art center for indoor and outdoor turf areas. All coaches are certified through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Call and make an appointment today and if you have a kid that's in the sports and they want to get conditioned during the summer for their fall seasons then definitely give them a call 904-461-9945 or visit their website solomonservices.com Sign up today. Solar Stick. I have it on good authority. We're going to have a visitor from Solar Stick this week. Solar Stick is established in 2006. They are a local portable power company, proudly providing, are proudly committed to American manufacturing, constant innovation, and creating jobs right here in St. Augustine, Florida. Solar Stick's focus on providing solutions for self-sufficiency helps users all over the world complete missions and save lives. Solar Stick, changing lives, saving lives, and reviving American manufacturing. I knew that word providing was in there. I jumped ahead. Look at me go. All right, Tringale family of restaurants. They own Carmelo's Pizzeria and 123 Burger House. And if you are hungry and don't have dinner plans, go visit the Tringale family. The Carmelo's Pizza has been voted best pizza nine years in a row. They have New York-style brick oven pizza. They also serve salads, subs, wings, and more. 123 Burger House has been voted best burger for three years in a row. Burgers, chicken, wings, salads, authentic wood fire pizza, and ice cream for dessert. Both restaurants order or offer dine-in, takeout, and delivery through Bite Squad and Grubhub. Join the Tringali family for dinner. They are great supporters of this show, and they serve delicious food. Blake, I will not forget to introduce you today. Say hi to everybody, Blake. Hello. (laughs) Welcome, Blake. Thank you for pushing those buttons and joining me for most of these days off. Um, For Mike, let me see. I think Clay is going to fill in for one of the days. So thank you very much for, for hanging out with me, Blake. I appreciate that. You're welcome. We also have a return visitor. I'm very pleased to reintroduce you to Trevor Mia from the Alligator Farm. Welcome, Trevor. Hey, thanks for having me again. It's great to see you, and I always enjoy talking about the Alligator Farm and animals. Of course, who doesn't? (laughs) And everybody knows I'm an animal lover. So what I want to start out with, though, is you. So everyone (laughs) knows my story and how I got working with animals after college and what brought me here. So I want to hear a little bit more about you. What was your education that led you to this? Yeah. So I 
like a lot of people in our field. Mm-hmm. I grew up an avid animal lover when I was young. Um, I still get stories from my dad and my mom talking about how I would create my own habitats and yeah. <laughs> for animals yeah. at a young age. So luckily enough, I had a family that helped foster that you know passion mm-hmm. that I had. So yeah. I ended up getting my bachelor's of science at a small school in Tennessee. It's called Swanee or okay. the University yeah. of the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, I made my way out west to California. Awesome. Um, that's where I worked as a marine instructor and i've actually been in the conservation education field for going on 10 years now Mm -hmm. uh when you asked like hey let's talk about you i was like man how long have i been doing this for (laughs) so you were working in the marine Mm-hmm. Um, marine what? Doing marine what? education. So I worked at a company called Catalina Island Marine Institute. Okay. And it is a facility on Catalina Island uh-huh. off the coast of Los Angeles. And they right. specialize in uh, getting youth out uh, active outdoors. So okay. uh, we took uh, youth snorkeling and kayaking. Uh, and then we had uh, a lot of laboratories and aquariums uh, that That's we got awesome. to educate them on, you know, fish, shark, uh, ray diversity, uh, of course, awesome. marine mammals. So mm-hmm. that was kind of like my foot into the conservation education realm. Yeah. And then from there, I moved to Smithsonian's uh, Conservation Biology Research Institute, uh, where I continued down that conservation education track. Awesome. Um, so that was still in California? Or? No, that's going to be, so back in, so I'm from Virginia originally. Okay. And so, so you went back home? Went back home. Yeah, All went right. back home for a little bit. Very uh, cool. Spent a few summers there. And then finally we made my way down south to the Georgia Sea Turtle Center, okay. uh, where again, continuing down the conservation education route, mm-hmm. uh, got to teach people about sea turtles and nesting. We did sea yeah. turtle walks, uh, which was awesome. pretty amazing. And then we had a rehabilitation facility in which we helped bring these animals back to health and then get them back out into the wild. So you've been teaching others about animals for a very long time. You've been yeah. doing research. You've been foot on the ground with conservation yeah. efforts. For a decade or more, right? Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. Thank you for all that great work. Of course. Yeah, it's definitely one of my passions. And so if I can get others to also feel that same passion, then it's a Mm -hmm. success in my book. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we were just talking before air there. You have a couple of different kinds of people that go into working with animals. And I think you and I kind of fall in the (laughs) camp of we love our animals so much that we want to share them with other people. Definitely. And I think that that's really important because we have these amazing animal ambassadors Mm -hmm. that people need to know about because you only want to save the thing that you love, the thing that you think is cool. Or can experience. Yeah. Yeah. That you have that connection to. And so starting out in Catalina, where you're doing mm-hmm. water sports, but you're also introducing to the <laughs> ecosystem and the environment there. That's such a fantastic way yeah. for kids to learn. Especially when you can get hands-on and you you can see how the aquarium process works and mm-hmm. how you all the care it takes to maintain you know a fish uh, tank or yeah. um, our shark and ray barges. You know mm-hmm. They really get a deeper appreciation for the work that our uh, zoo and aquarium professionals do. Yeah, I have a student that might actually want to bend your ear about aquariums. He loves all things fish and aquariums. <laughs> he has set up his own koi pond on Perfect. his property, and he's yeah. raising koi, and he has some decent-sized koi in there. Wow. Um, and anyone that has an issue with an aquarium ends up giving it to him, and he'll not <laughs> only fix the issue and get everything resituated, he might repopulate your habitat with some aquatic plants Ooh, and some animals. I need to get in touch <laughs> with him for my own stuff. <laughs> for sure. I'll give you his number. I'm sure he'd love to talk to you. Yeah. But, you know, it's just amazing what kids are capable of creating and Definitely. developing a love for when they mm-hmm. have that opportunity. And yeah. so... 
that's one of the things that the alligator farm is so great about. Mm-hmm. So you were at the sea turtle conservation in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the sea turtle center, I was there and then I was right before I actually moved here. And it's okay. hard to believe that I've been here for over six years. Yeah. In yeah. this community working with our uh, partners to conserve and educate people about our wildlife. I think so you and I met because I would book you to come to our church's Blessing of the Animals yes. event. Yes. And I think that's the first time you and I kind of talked. And that was probably <laughs> shortly after you moved. It was probably yes. five, six years it ago. It had to be around like, yeah, that so, 2018 time yeah, frame. Yeah, right around 18, mm-hmm. 19, I think. And so, yeah, we would, um, I had some former former interns at Marineland that I still knew. And so I contacted her and I was like, Hey, do you have anybody that would want to come to my church event? And she gave me your number. Perfect. (laughs) So we can blame her for that. (laughs) It was a great event. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun event. I really love that. I hope that they, since COVID it's gotten smaller again. Of course. I hope we can start bringing in animals again. Yeah, it's always around my birthday, so it's kind of like having a little block party at my church for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so you really just do it for yourself. The well, I mean, nobody has to know that. <laughs> hey, just between as, us. <laughs> as long as the animals can come and you had a good time, then that's all mm-hmm. that matters. <laughs> so you came to Alligator Farm, and mm-hmm. what is your position at Alligator Farm? So I'm the curator of education there. So mm-hmm. anything that deals with our field trips, our camp programs, on-site interpretation, mm-hmm. um, doing off-site programs, um, kind of anything under that education realm um i kind of handle with my team yeah and whenever you're working with animals you're always on hand all hands on deck for everything definitely so regardless of your title you might end up you never know where you might get decorating a habitat with (laughs) skeletons up trees because i think that was the last time i saw you running around (laughs) getting ready for a halloween trick-or-treating event (laughs) yeah for sure because i think that was the last time we had available weight week and the weather wasn't too hot and so i think october was the last time i brought the kids yeah we're gonna have to come by again yeah it's always fun. right now it's a little busy yeah but it's always a good time to go mm-hmm. during the early mornings before it gets mm-hmm. too hot um and you know the weather maybe t- takes a turn for the worse with yeah. the afternoon thunderstorms yeah so how do your animals react with the thunderstorms do they notice do they chill out? Some of them welcome it, right? Yeah. It's a welcome rain that kind mm-hmm. of cools everything down. It's something novel, you know, throughout the day. So it's not just that, you know, uh, bearing sun kind yeah. of beating down on them. Uh, that cloud cover is really nice. So some of them really welcome it. Uh, some of them, like our birds that are on our perches, they have to go back behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So their safety is, you know, our number one concern. Yeah, so some of them get a little bit of a switch in environment when that mm-hmm. happens. Um, we really don't have too many animals that are adverse to that rain or those thunderstorms well they're usually out outside anyway they're tropical species typically so unlike my dog (laughs) gets a little nervous and a little clingy during a thunderstorm but yeah i would always notice at marine land that people would run for the hills as soon as it starts raining (laughs) yep because like don't want to get wet at an aquarium not not a whole lot of cover at marine land (laughs) there is not (laughs) yeah so there it's good reason but the animals would be really fun during that and so you know it's kind of a shame that they they missed out on that all um, the different you know behaviors that might be displayed yeah. I, I know our giant tortoises or galapagos they absolutely mm-hmm. love yeah i uh, love it when it rains you'll see them basking in their wallows mm-hmm. you know you see them with their heads poking up uh kind of just you know feeling that uh refresh that the rain brings and tortoises they are terrestrial and we Mm -hmm. think of them as being kind of dry dusty animals but water 
I mean, water is yeah. an integral part of everyone's it life, is. but they actually bathe and they soak in ponds, they right? They do, yeah. So you'll see our, right now we have our males and our females in two different uh, sections in our Galapagos tortoise yard, but you'll see okay. them both in the water throughout the yeah. day. Actually, earlier today, I have a pretty great picture I'll show you later. Where okay. <laughs> our two females were just like kind of snuggled up next to each other, yeah. sitting in their wallow, enjoying the cool, refreshing uh, breeze. That's super cool. And I mean, I had some experience with handling tortoises and I, do you ever get to like go in there and snuggle with them because they're surprisingly snuggly technically right technically not snuggling but yeah. <laughs> yes yeah, so enrichment we do actually and husband to care enrichment, <laughs> yes exactly we actually have an uh Glockos tortoise encounter that people can book okay. where they get to uh they are able to be brought into that habitat and then meet and greet are five different tortoises so and cool. so they really like neck scratches so they mm -hmm. have really as we talked about uh dry scaly skin mm -hmm. kind of what you would imagine a tortoise has so you know and that gets itchy and they don't have yeah. fingers or thumbs to you know get that scratch so they especially really like i noticed um when i was in frequent contact is that they seem to like really love that rubbing right where the skin yeah. meets the scales right on their neck yeah. like yeah. all oh, around the head and they just crane it. their head out <laughs> Like me, when my husband starts rubbing my shoulders. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, like I totally relate to that. Yep. And they're kind of, you know, they're slow like me and they like rubs like me. So, I yeah, get we, it. we found a lot of similarities between us and tortoises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know, like to sleep, you know, they like yeah. to eat all the vegetables and I prefer watermelon. a hot tub, but I get yeah, soaking you know, in, in Sometimes pools. you just take yeah. what you can get. <laughs> exactly. So, that's funny that they like the rain too. And, you know, so that's what kind of made me curious because you deal primarily with cold-blooded animals. Yes. And so on a hot, hot day, I would imagine that rain might get them a little more active, right? Um, it depends. Uh, definitely, you know, you'll see different behaviors as I was talking about before. Yeah. Sometimes our alligators will bellow, uh, yeah. which is essentially a, you know, a breeding or mating call. Mm -hmm. uh, but that rain sometimes will bring on that bellow. So that's it kind cool. of just sounds <laughs> like a, you know, a Jurassic vibe when all <laughs> the alligators are bellowing and then you have the yeah. birds kind of above they get a little bit louder when it rains. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you definitely hear and see some different things going on. A little on bit of park. a different experience. Yeah, exactly. That's super cool. All right. Um, I was telling you earlier also, I'm in the sun all the time. I'm a little fried right now because my kids <laughs> are on swim. So, I yep. wasn't able to book them for your camps, but you have amazing camps that you yeah. do. And I know that they're booked up, but I just want to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, so, you guys know to check it out as soon as winter starts to give way to spring, register those kids in those camps. Yeah, our camps are right now full, but we definitely suggest if you are still interested to place your child on our wait list, you can just go to our website, alligatorfarm.com, and then look under education experiences and you can put them on a wait list. Mm -hmm. uh, we have two different camps going on right now. So it's going to be for our younger kids. Our, that's our zoo camp. Uh, cool. So they get to do everything from animal meet and greets to crafts and games. Um, and of course, you know, all the tours and behind the scenes looks at uh, the alligator farm. Yeah. And then we just started an older camp, um, which is our venture camp. And okay. Just like you, I was out in the sun with them earlier yep. today. Uh, we went zip lining, which was awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so for our older kids, that's ten to fourteen. We go zip lining, we go kayaking, we go paddle boarding, uh, all the adventure things that you could think uh, about doing in St. Augustine with a wildlife twist to it. That's awesome. And like like we were talking about earlier with your Catalina experience, mm -hmm. anytime you can get them out there yes. and get them in the environment and see everything while they're moving, mm -hmm. while 
all the different cylinders are firing yeah. in their brain. You get you a different really, appreciation. Yeah, and yeah. it cements different me- memories. Definitely. Than just sitting there and, you know, you can read all day, but that's <laughs> going to store it in just your, your reading part of your brain. Mm-hmm. But when you're active and you're out there and you feel it and you touch it and you can smell things and yeah. taste things, like... It's just a whole different appreciation. whole different experience, especially we got the paddle with dolphins and sea turtles last week at the state That's park. So cool. That was unbelievable. And That's you know, so cool. a lot of these, um, a lot of our campers just their first time either kayaking or first time seeing a sea turtle or a dolphin. So, yeah. you know, of course us as instructors, we get a lot of joy in uh, presenting those opportunities for them. That is such a cool experience. Yeah. And I know that there's one spot that I can go. If I really need to see dolphins, if I'm having like a rough day, uh, do you have a secret, secret spot. Yeah. You can park at the fort at like between 8 30 and 9 and there's a resident pod of dolphins that goes up and down the intercoastal (laughs) and i never parked there at that time frame between 8 and 9 especially like 8 30 and 9 and i never missed a chance to see a dolphin that's awesome so and i actually uh we encountered a flagler professor said there's about 200 dolphins that live in the intercoastal mm-hmm. that are just locals yeah that go up and down awesome i don't have a spot for alligators other than the alligator bar <sighs> golf courses yeah there is that <laughs> that is true actually if you really want to see alligators um i highly suggest making your way over into the gainesville area yeah uh, there's a few different parks in that area funny where that it's really great to see funny that yeah, gainesville you know, area. <laughs> so there's a couple of parks in gainesville if you want to see the um, yeah, out and in the wild, like the wildcats will say. <laughs> yeah, out in the wild, exactly. Yeah. They're, um, you know, typically you'll see them basking along mm-hmm. uh, the edges of streams or ponds. Um, they're going to be maybe in the water, going up and down those waterways where there's channels. But mm-hmm. it's typically a good place to see them. Uh, Saint Augustine, uh, we're a little bit too populated for that. Yeah. <laughs> You see them, like my parents live on a pond and you'll have a gator that hangs out there for a while, but they can move a surprising distance. Oh, they can. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. when, um, when they're, whenever gators make the news, my friends across the country will, will text me like, I don't know how you're in Florida. (laughs) Those alligators. And I'm like, really? They're, uh, they're okay. There's no concern. I'm way more scared of mosquitoes. What do people in South Florida call them swamp kittens? (laughs) Yeah. And so let them know, like, you know, why aren't there signs? Well, there are signs everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. why don't they put up fences? Gators can climb fences. They can climb fences. <laughs> and, you know, if you fence off a certain area, you know, that's going to prevent other wildlife from mm-hmm. accessing it. Uh, yeah. There's that saying, what every body of water in Florida has at one point or currently has an alligator in it at some yeah. point. So the best thing we can do is just make sure that we're being safe around water's edges. Absolutely. And we went <laughs> to a family reunion up in South Carolina, and it was on a it was on a big lake there. And my family, you know, my distant family is telling the kids, oh, just jump off the dock. And my kids are like, that's freshwater. I'm not uh-huh. going in there. <laughs> it took much they've convincing. Been, they've been taught well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, we're Florida kids. So um, freshwater, fresh- if I can't see the bottom, then <laughs> yeah. I'm hesitant. <laughs> yep, for sure. And so, you know, you can take the kid out of Florida, but you can't take the Florida <laughs> out of the kid. Um, so definitely check out those um those camps because the alligator farm does education well you guys do it right and you also do birthday parties right and i always (laughs) talk about this because i love the birthday parties that you guys have thrown our family so if you want a birthday party and you don't want people in your house 
then check out that website. We'll take care of your mats. Exactly. <laughs> and it's fantastic. The kids are so excited. They, are. they get to see animals. They get to hang out with animals. I still have my son's picture with popcorn the elephant from his last birthday party there on my refrigerator because it's just so that. cute like I love that. you can't replace the look on a boy's face when, when he's he got the alligators alligator, yeah. <laughs> and that was a big deal for him and so i just love that so definitely check out uh what's the website again alligatorfarm.com blake would you mind putting that in the comments or pulling that up while we're talking alligatorfarm.com yep. and just show in the education tab yeah so if you camps. go to the education tab or the mm -hmm. experiences tab that's where you can find okay. everything from our camps uh those tortoise encounters i was talking Very about cool. earlier uh birthday parties awesome. even zip lining all that information awesome. is there on our website very cool and then don't forget to check out our social media um yeah our social media manager would hate me if i didn't give her that little <laughs> well that little teaser but she's really good I she's mean, fantastic yeah, she and is. she put up an update not too long ago yes a couple of days ago about maximo and sydney yes and so there were eggs in a nest okay mm -hmm. so she started to build her mound in the yes. main habitat. Yep. She and made a whole mess. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the brand new sod. Yep. Dug it all up. <laughs> yep. Dug it all up. Made a mound. It's what they do. It's, it's what, what they the do. The crocodiles it's, do. It's like having that, um, that person in your household that always makes a mess and you're like, can't you just make your mess over here? <laughs> yes. Can't nope. you do it in the convenient place? <laughs> yes. Like my dog who um, loves to have a bed and blankets in her crate, yep. but then will eviscerate the bed and blankets and then they're just bed guts they're just, yeah, they're just everywhere. Guts. Yeah. And that's how our exhibit looked when Sydney goes yeah. through her breeding cycles. It's just yep. things everywhere. <laughs> As a female breeder myself, I can I can attest hey, to she's it's totally a time. In the right. She's, she's totally going through the right. her process. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever um, makes her comfortable is okay by us. Absolutely, but you do have a special place that you like them to be. So right? we do have an off-site uh, holding area in which we prefer her to lay her eggs, mm -hmm. just because it's quieter. It's more off view for the public. Yeah, it's going to be a more comfortable spot for her to lay. But again, yeah. wherever she chooses. Um, we're happy that she's you know successfully going through that process. All right, and there were eggs. I believe it's forty eight. There were eggs. We yep. don't know if any of them were fertile yet. We're okay. gonna we're going through that process right now of All checking right. to see um, you know if there's any fertility within those eggs. Fantastic. Uh, the last time we had hatchlings was a few years ago, so we'll yeah. always see you know we'll always check them to see you know if that's a possibility. Absolutely. All right, so that is um, that's a really careful process, right? It With yeah. crocodile eggs, you have to keep mm -hmm. them in the proper orientation, proper yeah. temperature, proper humidity. We have giant incubators okay. in the back of our Komodo building, um, and those incubators actually, if you book one of our behind-the-scenes tours, you might be able to be brought back there. Um, but they house everything from our crocodilian eggs, and you know we've bred uh, well over fifteen different species of crocs, and so. Um, those eggs get incubated back there. Sometimes we'll even have a bird egg or Komodo eggs back Very there. Cool. Um, and then uh, th right now we actually have um, some snake eggs back there as well. So awesome. it's always fun to see what's back in our incubators. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I'm definitely going to have to book behind the scenes. <laughs> Call my friend Trevor and be like, hey, yeah. what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Any openings? But you mentioned snakes. Yes. And uh, you have a friend. I do. It's one of one of my favorite uh, individuals at the park. Yeah, you ready to meet him? I would love to meet. All your right, friend. so he's a little he's a little big. Okay. He's pretty docile. Mm -hmm. um, so any animal that we use for programs are part of our ambassador animal program. Mm -hmm. So uh, these animals are very accustomed to being brought to different places, um, and they're accustomed to meeting people. And okay. I always have to prelude with that yep. anytime I bring him out, just because he's a pretty large individual. Yep. Ready? I'm not scared. I'm excited. <laughs> 
I'll move my Hopefully presents. Hopefully you didn't make a mess. Oh, he's well, you know. Perfect. Good job, buddy. Oh my goodness, you're so pretty. He is. We can put him on the desk. Yeah, we're, we're going to put him yeah. up here on the table so everyone can see. Awesome. And he has a nice support. And I'm going to control him up I'm here. I'm sorry, I didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to go and touch right here. So <laughs> okay. do you have an idea of what this is? So he's so pretty. And he's dark. And he's got that little bit of iridescence. So And my son loves them. So I'm going to say indigo snake. Correct. Yeah. So this is yes. an eastern indigo snake. Okay. So an animal that is native to us here in Florida. Unfortunately, uh, there have not been any sightings in St. John's County for some okay. time. So uh, they are not right now in our area. But we'll find these animals all throughout our state, mm -hmm. uh, primarily in the central areas, the Ocala um, forest, uh, to the panhandle. The panhandle is going to be, they really like pine forests and so longleaf pine is going to oh, be their preferred like habitat and that's where i grew up yeah and so these animals are considered the longest non-venomous snake in the united states okay. um and so they can grow to lengths of over seven feet and if we were to stretch this guy out he'd be just under seven feet all right yeah so what is his name this here is jerry 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 Hi, with jerry. a g <laughs> welcome and he is definitely exploring and getting all the yeah. smells and all the new, uh, the novel space. So yeah. that's why he's kind of moving his head around like that. So Jerry is a, actually a part of our Eastern Indigo Snake Breeding Program at the Alligator Farm. Okay, fantastic. And with the Orient Center for Indigo Snake Conservation. Mm -hmm. So we work with them uh, to ensure the repopulation of indigo snakes throughout Florida. Uh, and actually back in March, we had, I think you're familiar with our Raptor yeah. Run. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a fundraiser uh, called the Raptor Run. It's a 3K uh, throughout the Davis Shores neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, which supported the Eastern Indigo Snake this year. And we raised over thirty. Yeah. Uh, for disease testing for these individuals, which OCIC, the Orient Center for Indigo Snake Conservation, will use to test their individuals before making their way back out to the wild. Okay. Because we don't so, want to introduce animals that might have a disease. Yeah, so that was my question. So what mm -hmm. are they testing for? Are they doing genetic testing? They're doing disease, disease testing to ensure that testing. you know the individuals that are at OCIC and that might go back out into the wild are clear and have that approval process through the vets. Right Hello, buddy. Oh, your tail got under the desk. He's wrapping himself. There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he is full grown. Yep. So this is a full grown male. Um, they, like I said, get sometimes over seven feet. They can okay. get upwards of eight to nine feet um, is some of their records. Uh, but this is going to be your average size for an adult. Um, they oftentimes get confused with black racers just because yeah. of their coloration. I can see um, that. And, you know, I'm going to preface this by anytime you see a snake out in the wild, you always want to keep at least two arms lengths away from that okay. animal. Keep your distance. Just because, you know, animals like Jerry, um, you know, their first reaction is going to be to defend themselves. Yeah, and absolutely. Snakes don't have wings where they can fly away or claws. You know, they have their bite and their yeah. strike. So always keep two arm's length distance away um, so you can stay safe around snakes because we want to make sure that these individuals <laughs> don't go disappearing from our Florida landscapes. Yeah. However, if you are wondering how to tell the difference between an indigo okay. snake and a racer, yeah. one of the key differences is this little cream patch underneath his chin. Yeah. Little, little soul patch. Little soul patch with uh, the reddish orange yeah. kind of all underneath their uh, underside. Oh my goodness, you're just so handsome. <laughs> My son asked me to take a picture, but I won't do it while we're on air. So I'll have to ask you if I can take a picture before of we go. Okay, so does Jerry have a girlfriend? 
Yes, sir. Her uh, Jerry actually has two breeding partners oh, right now. Right. Um, but the one just recently came in, so he hasn't yet to meet her yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other individual, her name is Cora. Um, and we recently actually received eggs from Cora. So fingers crossed, hopefully they'll develop correctly. Awesome. All right. So what is... What are the challenges faced with breeding the indigo snake? Because every animal has its special. Every, everyone's special, yeah. right? We um, just indigo... had Marineland in, and they're talking about their sand tiger sharks. Yes. And so, you know, we learned a little bit about the challenges with sand tiger shark mm-hmm. breeding. So what what are the challenges facing Jerry? Biggest one, Jerry and all indigo snakes mm-hmm. like to eat other snakes. Okay. Even their own. Well, that makes them a friend <laughs> to people. They eat, yeah, so they actually will eat <laughs> other venomous snakes as well. Okay. Copperheads can be one of their favorite mm-hmm. uh, men- or items on the menu. Mm-hmm. So a snake that you might want around your property, around yeah, your house. exactly. They you can be kind my neighbor. Of, yeah, ward <laughs> off those venomous snakes that you might not want around. Yeah. Um, so they eat other snakes, and then they can eat other indigo snakes. Okay. So it's really important for us to ensure that when we introduce these animals, that doesn't occur. Okay. So we only can introduce them during a certain time of the year. That's going to be over our kind of winter months. So we introduced okay. Jerry and Cora back in January. All right. um, and one of the biggest issues with these individuals is, you know, is there going to be any interest? If they're not mm-hmm. interested in eating the other snake, yeah. we have to make sure that there's actually interest in population. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, only a few facilities in the United States will are partaking in this indigo snake breeding uh, facilities like the land. Zoo, Jacksonville Zoo, uh, St. Augustine Alligator Farm, um, and then obviously the Orient Center for Indigo Snake Conservation are going to be some of those facilities that are, you know, getting this work done and able to produce those hatchlings. Okay, so the Orient Center, where are they located? They're in Central Florida, and they're tied to the Central Florida Zoo. Okay. Um, it is a private facility, so you actually can't go mm-hmm. and just buy a ticket and show up, um, but you can go to the uh, Central Florida Zoo's website or the Orion um Oregon Center for Indigo Snake Conservation, their social media pages to figure out how you can book a private tour. Okay, awesome. So are they the ones sort of spearheading Jacksonville, the alligator farm? Yeah, so they're helping, you know, ensure that everyone's uh, working together Mm -hmm. and all of the, um, all of our... um, goals and missions are aligned in the same direction Mm -hmm. Uh, we also work through the association of zoos and aquariums aza's safe program so saving animals from extinction uh the eastern indigo snake is one of those flagship species for safe uh so we work within that realm and we work with the florida fish and wildlife service uh we work with county and state uh organizations and then of course um all of our zoos and aquariums as well so when you're talking about breeding there's certain mechanics that have to happen. <laughs> I mean, I was a dolphin trainer. I was, yep. I was assigned a semen collection behavior yep. that we were working on training with our males. So I had my male that I was working on yep. for voluntary semen collection. How do you help assist these animals in copulation for the breeding program? <laughs> Um, so there's not much assistance on our part other than ensuring that we're properly introducing these animals at the right time and in the right spaces. You know, breeding doesn't take place inside a tank. You know, Jerry, um, and Cora, they have outside exhibits. So just like, you know, a lot of our other animals, you know, they have a full outdoor area, um, you know, that has burrows and has water source, uh, freshwater sources, um, has areas for them to feel comfortable in. So, you know, finding a level, level of comfort for these animals is extremely important because if they're uncomfortable, then 
then their first reaction when another animal is introduced to that area is to, going to be to defend itself or yeah. to attack. So if they're not happy, then you know, yeah, we don't that, need another unhappy <laughs> snake in here with exactly. Me. Yeah, I get that. And with females, there's an additional concern that they might be egg bound, right? Yeah, if there's always that concern stressed. with reptiles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they um, go to pass their eggs and they're unable to, mm-hmm. which often requires veterinary. Um, assistance which mm-hmm. you know something surgery is always something you want to avoid humans animals yeah. you know that's something that's kind of the last resort um luckily enough you know with our breeding pro- or the breeding that we've had at the alligator farm has been pretty successful so that's far fantastic so. and i'm glad to hear that and did you say you have a couple of eggs right now that you're checking on we do so awesome. you know we don't want to count our eggs before they hatch of but course. um you know we've had eggs from our female in the past which have unfortunately they uh, weren't fertile mm-hmm. um so but we're hoping that this clutch is fantastic all right so will it be next winter at the earliest that you introduce jerry to it'll be female next, number two it'll be next winter yeah okay so this yep. upcoming uh upcoming december into january okay is when start <laughs> merry christmas again. jerry <laughs> <laughs> so will that be a one year off one year on kind of thing or will he spend time with both females in the winter um, if things go well if things go well they could potentially spend time with both females okay. we haven't gotten that far yet mm-hmm. uh we're still you know ending this current breeding season so after um the summer ends and we'll kind of make those decisions okay yeah and with the dolphins when we would introduce individuals we would end up being on breeding watches and so mm-hmm. we would well because with dolphins you have to if they're in separate parts of the park, you have to get a crane to move them. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so, you know, you're putting them in and you're crossing your fingers that everyone's going to play nice. And, you know, that's why you're watching before mm-hmm. the crane goes away. Yes. And if they're not playing nice, then, then water goes down and <laughs> comes to crane again. And boys go back away or girls go back away. So do you guys have watches like that we with do. these animals? Yep. Okay. So anytime the, these animals are paired, we have uh, someone that's... Uh, responsible for ensuring that everyone's playing nice. Okay. Um, so we have, you know, our tools like snake hooks there mm-hmm. to intervene if things mm-hmm. start to go not the way we plan. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, whenever yeah, you're introducing that's... anyone, mm-hmm. yeah, right. humans, much <laughs> Honestly, less humans animals. probably need a, a, someone <laughs> there on their first date to ensure right? that things are going the right way. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be, how many more couples would we have if we had a liaison? <sighs> that someone that just had a little that stop like, sign, like, nope, yep. just stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like someone vetting before like yeah. we make the decisions ourselves, then man. Life should be would be so much easier. We could cure half of the world's problems, <laughs> we right? Probably there. Could. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. I know, right? So animal husbandry does have lots of um outside applications. <laughs> well, Terry, you are just so beautiful. I'm so happy that you came to meet me. Yeah. Thank you so much. So what does Jerry eat? So at our park, we primarily feed our snakes, you know, um, rats, mice, sometimes they'll get quail or okay. pheasants, um, but usually in, in the small mammal or bird variety is okay. what their primary diet's going to be. Okay. So you said that they can eat snakes. Mm-hmm. Is that something that they we, seem to seek out or is that um, an it opportunistic? It's thing. more opportunistic. Okay. Um, they, we will, or other facilities will, and we haven't tried it yet, but it's kind of on our radar, um, is to take sheds of our venomous snakes. So, you know, these animals will shed their skin yeah. periodically and then actually blend that up and then use it to scent the rats or scent the oh, mice. Interesting. So it's a way to give them an uh, extra part or an extra stimulus mm-hmm. or enrichment uh, yeah. to get them 
uh, smelling something different or mm-hmm. tasting something different, especially tasting something that they really like to eat. Yeah. So, like, enrichment, I feel like, is way more on people's radars when it comes to mammals. Yeah. Just because, like, we're of used course. to snuggling with our dogs. And we're, because of Flipper, we know that yes. dolphins play with toys yes. and things like that. So, um Sensory experiences are mm-hmm. one of the enrichment tools. Yeah. I know that you guys mix up branches and habitats, right? Yeah, we'll switch different. We'll switch the placement of their habitat. We'll mm-hmm. give them different scents. We'll give them uh, different items that their food is hidden in, so they mm-hmm. actually have to kind of think of it as okay. a puzzle yeah. to get it out. Very um, cool. Looks like he's trying to find a nice dark place. So yeah. I'm gonna go and put him. There are lots of lights. Yeah. I know, buddy. It's, it's a little bright for him. Thank you, Jerry. So I'm gonna put him back. Here and let them kind of hang out. <laughs> I'm not sure if Jerry's a hundred percent sure he wants to leave the show, but we'll give him a break. <laughs> we can I love Jerry. Later. He's so pretty. Um, so he, so our animals get all sorts of enrichment. Our mm-hmm. reptile, everyone, everything from our reptiles to our mammals to our birds to even our tarantulas. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So they all get these different types of uh, sensory uh, tools, which will help improve their overall wellness. Mm-hmm. All right. So like. I'm thinking, like, maybe um, artificial grass for a different texture, carpet, Carpet. like, Mm -hmm. different things that they can rub against. Um, Do you ever move, kind of rotate their habitats in the snake house so they smell different Yeah, so we actually um, will take, for a bassinet animal collection specifically, we'll actually, we have a rotating space. So um, everyone gets, like, their time in those different spaces throughout the year. Uh, So someone might be in our outdoor habitats for Mm -hmm. a few weeks, and then they'll switch up and then go inside while another animal's enjoying that outside space. And then they'll go back out to what we call hammocks, which are Mm -hmm. elevated platforms, where they'll get a nice, like, cross breeze while they're outside so Very all nice. sorts of different things to that's keep the so animal cool. animals stimulated with us and that's awesome that's so good to hear because i mean they all have their little their little internal lives with their yeah. brains and they all have their own personalities i mean mm-hmm. even like I, I keep going back to the different animals that i've worked with i mean even the tortoise that i had experience <laughs> with had like a fun little personality and there's Foods that he liked, foods that he didn't like, ways that he liked to be. Like, I would rub him where he liked, but then when I'd introduce mm-hmm. him to someone else, then maybe not so much. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's always fun to see their little personalities it come It is. It's, it's a fine line between anthropomorphizing yeah. them and, you know, saying that they are humans with you yeah. know, the same emotions, but at the same time, yeah. they're all individuals. And mm-hmm. every individual whether you are a shark or a tortoise or mm-hmm. a dolphin, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have your own preferences. You're yeah. gonna have your own experiences that are gonna you know lead you towards you know what finds you joy and fulfillment. Very cool. So, which animal is your favorite to handle? Oh, I just brought him out. Yeah, he's <laughs> he, so he is, cool. He's so big and impressive, but yeah. he's also so uh, comfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. working with humans yeah. um, and which isn't always the case with mm-hmm. you know any animal so yeah. it's really cool seeing you know an individual like jerry uh which is you know a very large animal being so comfortable around humans yeah <laughs> and especially when it's an animal that others could perceive as being intimidating yeah. and being so sweet i absolutely love breaking love that, that. Uh, you know that fear or those yeah. misconceptions about this animal's gonna bite me or yep. this animal you know and you always have to preface with you know these animals are 
Mm-hmm. Wild, you know, they're, they they're, are wild they're animals. wild animals, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, to break down those, you know, again, misconceptions that these animals are out to get us or, yeah. you know, there's something specific to yeah. fear about them because, you know, again, we're all individuals. We're all different. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually. And that's what, again, like when my friends will talk about like gators, I'm like you pretty much have to headbutt them to get them to react to you. And again, they're all different. Yeah, they are. But like American alligators are pretty much, you have to kind of jump on their head to bother them. I mean, yes, you know, a lot of times when you're talking about Gainesville, Mm -hmm. um, we, I was actually out there recently and we were um, doing some uh, surveys, you know, counting just, you know, how many alligators were in this specific area. Mm -hmm. And most of them could really care less that we were there (laughs) walking around and doing these counts. if you get too close, obviously they're going to oh, yeah. you know, poke up and say, why are you approaching me? Yeah. <laughs> but as long as you keep your distance, you know, they're like, you live your life and I'll yep. live mine. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, <laughs> that's what I feel with most people too. <laughs> as long as you keep a respectful distance, we're good, man. Right. <laughs> so my favorite event, ah. tickets are going on sale soon. Yes, they are. Yeah. So brew at the zoo. Mm-hmm. I always call it Croctoberfest. What's yep. the actual name? Croctoberfest. Okay. And then, you know, the subheader is brew at the zoo. Okay. Yeah. So this is such an awesome experience. I love it. It's what's you your get favorite to, part about it. I just love being in the habitats after hours. Yeah. And so you get a the different part, experience. Yeah, the farm at night is really a different, yeah. different experience than during Especially the day. Especially a lot of the animals that are there are are more nocturnal and so or you know they're warm-blooded and so when it starts to cool off you start to get a little different behavior Mm -hmm. from them and so i just start to you know chirp at each other you'll see the sloths moving around at night which is Mm -hmm. pretty great um oftentimes you know you'll see uh we do alligator spotlighting you just take your Mm -hmm. your phone at night you can shine it in the swamp and you see all of the the eyes eyes looking back (laughs) at you yeah so it really is a different experience at night it totally is and i just love it and i'm so glad that you do this because there was a time i don't know if it still exists now because i'm out of that world now yeah but there's the attractions association and yes. all the attraction workers. We had mm-hmm. yellow letters. Yes. And we, we could that's go all, in. That's all okay, that's all good. I'm glad because <laughs> that is such a fun perk when you're working at an attraction in St. Augustine yeah. to oh, get yeah. to go and experience them for yourself because it's not always the best paying job. You can't always <laughs> afford every ticket price yeah, to every cool thing. Especially when Disney and Universal keep up in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a nice little perk to be able to see what is cool about St. Augustine. Yeah. And one of the years, um, so there's usually, uh, do they still do the party, like the annual party? I think they do. Yeah. I okay. So think, one yeah. of the years, Alligator Farm hosted it. Yes. And that was my first time being an Alligator Farm after hours. Oh, cool. And we had a band and there was a caterer yeah. and it was all my like dolphin trainer friends. And I was dating my husband at the time. So he was there too. And we just had so much fun because yeah. it's just after hours is a different place. man. It is a different place. And yeah. So this year we are celebrating our sixth anniversary of Croctoberfest. Yep. And so tickets do go on sale July 1st. Uh-huh. Um, and then on August 1st, we'll release some of the participating breweries and restaurants. We're still actually okay. receiving applications awesome. for breweries, restaurants, and concert organizations so um calling out to all those individuals that are listening today if you are interested in joining us for croctoberfest please reach out to us and uh we can definitely try to find you a spot 
It's so fantastic. So if you don't know, what they have are booths set up throughout the throughout the alligator farm. And so there's breweries, there's restaurants, and there's conservation organizations. So you can find out about, you know, there's a snattle, uh, rattlesnake organization yeah. that's been there. Conservancy. Yeah. yeah. And so my husband has that shirt because we bought it there because, you know. <laughs> Way to support them. That's awesome. Once you go through the brewery lines, then you start buying everybody's t-shirts. <laughs> As you can see, I still have mine from the alligator farm um but and we've won a few silent auction items perfect (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah again once you go through those brewery lines a few times and you're like oh let's go check out the silent auction let's Uh go check out what other things are going on you can get some lovely paintings from caymans like i have in my house oh fantastic thank you for supporting all of our uh conservation organizations well i worked with you know, we did dolphin paintings yes. at Marineland, and um, I was the one that asked for permission to get the little um, the little Christmas balls from oh, Michaels, yes. the clear ones. Yes, and, and the little princess. and to paint them so that I could give them for Christmas gifts to my family. So you came up with that, idea. and then <laughs> so after I, I worked through all the channels to get permission and like showed them how I was going to do it, and like okay, we got approval for it. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure you could sell these guys. I mean, and they do. It's like <laughs> no money to buy just like the clear ornament balls. And so, yeah, Dolphins they've been selling free. ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't get a cut and I'm fine with that. It could go to Marineland, <laughs> but it's still, it's a fun memory. And so it when is. we saw the paintings at the Croctoberfest, it was like, to get the painting uh, yeah like, and what's great is you know the Croctoberfest, all of the proceeds raised from the journal admission and the silent mm-hmm. auction um all those go to our conservation organization okay. so last year it was the rosenblatt lab mm-hmm. um and they're doing research on american crocodiles down in the dominican um yeah. in the caribbean so it's okay. going to go help support their projects there but even more importantly it's actually going to support their projects here in florida okay. um looking at how alligators are adapting to a changing landscape uh, right. You know, we have seen so much development in mm, this area absolutely. over the last few years. And so we also have to consider how is that affecting our wildlife that's been here for mm-hmm. so long. Yeah. And so the money that is being raised or has uh, or excuse me, was raised during that event mm-hmm. is going to support the research that Adam Rosenblatt's doing uh, mm-hmm. through the University of North Florida. Because we do have crocodiles here in Florida. Just the American crocodiles. Yeah, the American crocodiles. Yeah, that are native. Um, but we don't hear a lot about them. They're not as plentiful as the American alligator, right? They're just going to be found down in the Everglades. Okay. Um, that is going to be more of their temperature requirements. You know, American okay. alligators and Chinese alligators, they're a little, they're, you know, I consider them the oddballs of mm-hmm. the crocodilians, right? They're going to be in northern, uh, a little bit more northern uh, mm-hmm. than most of our crocodilians that are going to be central or uh, centered around the equator. Yeah. Uh, you know, even, um, American alligators, and you probably have seen uh, YouTube or images mm-hmm. of you know the snout sticking out or frozen in the eyes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know that's not something that normal yeah. or most crocodilians will go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we do have a lot of these American alligators that are used to kind of colder temperatures. Yeah. American crocodiles, they like it warm. They're like yeah. me. <laughs> like me with the hot tub. Below, if it drops yeah. below 50, it's not for them. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm on vacation and my kids are in the pool, I'm in the hot tub watching them play in the pool. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I, mean, I spent a lot of time yeah. in 52 degree water. I'll stay in the hot yeah. tubs right now. So American crocodiles, we don't hear about them as much just simply because yeah. they're not up in this part of Florida. Mm-hmm. Everglades, South Florida, they're going to be more prevalent there. Okay. So the numbers are 
comparable for the area? Um, so unfortunately, American alligator or excuse me, American crocodiles are a little. They have lower numbers than our American okay. alligators so in terms of conservation-wise. They're not going to be doing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are seeing some positive trends for That's American good. crocodiles, and you know their range spans every you know throughout the entire gulf so it's also kind of difficult to really get a population estimate mm-hmm. when you can find american crocodiles yeah. in belize but also in miami right? yeah for sure <laughs> and up in south carolina <laughs> so um the boa constrictor population in the everglades is mm-hmm. crazy and that's why they do the boa constrictor hunts mm-hmm, those now calls, yep. yeah for a short period of time i imagine that's competing with the crocodiles also if that's more of their range yeah there there's some competition there okay. um, but unfortunately with those constrictors and those lo- large python species mm-hmm. uh they're mostly just kind of decimating the other wildlife population so yeah. they're eating alligators and crocodiles and they're yep. eating our birds and a lot of other reptiles that are native to the area Mm -hmm. animals that we expect to see there that you know aren't found anywhere else in the world unfortunately they're disappearing because of these animals that are have found their way into the everglades yeah and a lot of that I've heard was from Hurricane Andrew with pet it's stores, all sorts of, but yeah, people all releasing sorts of animals. Ways. And um, because of our climate here in Florida, pretty much anything can live here. Yeah. So as soon as it gets out into the environment, it has a chance to survive and you know reproduce if there is you know that right situation. The morning show has a Florida man segment that proves that anything <laughs> can survive in Florida. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh! <laughs> so Croctoberfest tickets. Yes. Also, we get those on the website, and mm-hmm. those go on sale July first. She July said July first. Yeah. Okay. And awesome. this year, it's really exciting. So I'm happy to say that yes. um, the alligator farm, for its first time in history, actually has a 501c3, awesome. um, which is helping with all the conservation work that we do. Okay. Um, so, you know, we support everything from our Victoria crown pigeons to our, you know, um, Indian gharials to our, of course, eastern indigo snakes. And so that uh, 501c3, it's called the Alligator Farm Foundation, will okay. be our proud sponsor for Croctoberfest this year. That is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to the Indian Girls Croctoberfest. That was one of the ones that yes. I attended. And I got a picture with one. I was very excited. Yes. And then, so I was there last year. So that's awesome that you guys have your own foundation. Is mm-hmm. this the first year for that foundation? This is the first year that we'll be celebrating Croctoberfest through it. Okay. Yes. All right. So what kind of work do you do? Is that like someone calls, they've got an alligator in their backyard? Do they call It's going to be more of a support organization okay. for other conservation organizations. Right. So we will support places like the Rosenblatt Lab, okay. um, places like the Orient Center for Indigo Snake Conservation, okay. uh, Avian Research um, Institute. So, you know, we're going to help provide the funds and the research and the tools that, you know, these scientists and biologists and conservationists are doing out in the field. Okay, uh, that makes sense because you yeah. guys have such a public face and you have yeah. such a presence that it's a lot easier for people to remember the alligator farm and let's yeah. give money to that than maybe the Orin Center yeah, for exactly. Indigo Snakes. It's a little bit more of a mouthful. So yeah. having you guys as a feeder organization for those smaller organizations is fantastic. Yeah, and we love to be that uh, organization that spotlights you know Mm -hmm. these other organizations and all the wonderful things that they're doing because you know we're a little bit trapped within you know our st john's county community yeah and by that by that i just mean you know it's hard for us to be everywhere right Um, but that's where our partners come into place where they can be in those different places throughout the world 
Yes, fantastic. And I love that. And you guys recently had good news and bad news about the return of your Galapagos tortoise. Yes. Um, so two of them went missing, mm-hmm. and that was just tragic. I can't believe someone, like, it just boggles my mind, honestly. Yeah. Um, and one of them came home. How is how is he or she doing? Salvo's doing great. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, we had the two that were stolen from her park mm-hmm. back in the fall. Yeah. Um, and luckily enough, the um, St. Petersburg Police Department um, got a tip. Yeah. Showed up. Fantastic. And found our tortoises. So, Good. it was such a relief for everyone at the park. And, I'm of sure. course, the police department here in St. Augustine, uh, there was so much effort and work that went in on all sides. Um, mm-hmm. So, it is such a great you know end to this case yeah. uh just getting having an end to it um it is unfortunate that you know we did lose yeah. one and you know we wish that didn't happen obviously um, yeah but it is really great that we did get our other individual salvo back so salvo salvo's doing well so yeah. hearts and love for salvo in the chat everybody <laughs> i'm so glad to hear because you know all of these animals have different temperature requirements i know they do. like um, the tortoise that we had um, ended up, our AC went out when we were traveling, and the house sitter didn't think to deal with it. Oh no! And tortoise caught a cold. Yep. And Too now cold. we have to give now we have to give <laughs> antibiotics to the tortoise. Yep. It's like, Okie dokie, here we go. You know, these animals are found in they're accustomed to so many different mm-hmm. or different areas of our world. So if they yeah. are not given the proper care or treatment, mm-hmm. then it it can be life-threatening. Yeah, so I'm glad that at least Salvo is in good condition, good body form. Yeah. Well-fed, okay, well good. Well-fed, eating well. Yeah. Makes is, me feel better. It's still in a quarantine process just yeah. because, you know, of they've been away for so long, so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily viewable to the public at this time, but yeah. eventually he'll rejoin uh, the pack or uh, be on display somewhere in the park. And, I mean, for you guys, you typically have the eggs in the incubator. They're not typically still in the habitat, mm-hmm. um, you know, on their own with their mommies and daddies you guys typically have them in the incubator so like the people that had that handled and helped those oh that's broke my heart when i heard that it's gone (laughs) because like i just i just know how much that's a part of your family so i'm so glad that um salvo is doing well do we have any comments blake or questions from the audience the alligator farm uh uh so far the only one that knows came from melissa about the condition about the tortoises Okay, so we got that. Um, Izzy says hello. Hi, Izzy. Andy Walton um, wanted to say hi to you from Izzy. And we got some comments about the uh, zipline. Some viewers suggested Marvin Gaye music for Indigo Uh, Snake reading. (laughs) We'll take that in a note. We sometimes actually do play music for animals, so maybe that will help in the future. Do you have any any animals that respond in a particular way with music? Our parrots love it. Yeah, so our parrots, you know, our bird and mammal keepers have really tight connections with Mm -hmm. our, you know, our birds from the Central and South American countries, and they'll play music for them. They'll give them fun enrichment and games and toys. So there's all sorts of things that uh, you can do with uh, those individuals. Um, we do give you know music enrichment to other animals. Uh-huh. Um, some of them really enjoy it. Some of them mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> what kind of hearing range? Oh, which ones don't enjoy music? It's <sighs> Lily, right? It's got to be Lily the cassowary. You know what? I don't know if Lily's had music played. I feel like Lily before. would be a little saucy about yeah. it. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, there is... Um, 
there's a small tail kite in our care that uh, we played music for it. And he was kind of unsure as to what was going on during the yeah. entire time. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the, but each individual again is different. <laughs> okay. Before we go, I have to check in on um, a critter that we kind of fell in love with at our last Croctoberfest visit. Yes. And that's Meatball, the, the, oh, the turtle. The alligator snapping turtle. alligator snapping yes. turtle. So he's off. Um, for all of you, if you want to go look for Meatball, uh, when you come in, there's a place by one of the bathrooms. It's by the birthday party room. But if you don't know that, mm-hmm. it's um, a wraparound porch with rocking chairs. And you can... Anastasia Island Conservation Center, that place. So, yeah, yeah that place. But if you don't know that name, then it's the house with the, the porch. The rocking, the rocking and you can stay yeah. in the rocking chairs. And there's the smaller gator. So it's like yes. the smaller gator. Yeah, we have a mixed species of like mm-hmm. alligators and caiman and crocodiles yeah. in there. Yes. So we um, definitely got to see Meatball, and he would not stay still for a picture in the low light. So <laughs> it's hard to sometimes see our snapping mm-hmm. turtles in that exhibit. So. But that was one of the cool things. At yeah. night, he was up there, he was up and, and he was checking us all out. And so my husband and I were so excited to bring the kids, and mm-hmm. we hung out long enough that he did come up, so they did get to see. Awesome. And one of the Cayman, um, I got some crazy pictures of one of the Cayman in there playing with his food. He had a white rat, and he was just, you know, that was his rat, and no one could get close to it. Maybe showing it off to the others. And so he would, like, flip it up, and, like, it would sort of be up on his snout, like, halfway. And so, like, showing it off, swimming around, but no one gets to come close to him. And then he just hung out on the beach, and I got so many pictures that I was sending to my family. Like, are you guys having a good day? Like, have a snack. <laughs> so, <laughs> a little teaser, like next time I'll see yeah, you. Yeah, it's so much fun though. Every time we go, it's just such a fantastic time, and you always see something different. It is, yeah. and We're always I'm, improving and changing and making mm-hmm. new experiences for our guests. And you guys do such a good job as far as your habitats, how you maintain them, how you change them again for the enrichment of the animals. And it just, it does my heart good. And so I want everybody to go out to the alligator farm and have fun. Are the birds starting to cycle out? Um, so a lot of, some, some of the spoonbills are starting okay. to, you know, fledge out and leave property, but it's still a busy bird season. So actually okay. we have uh, more nests on property this year than I think we've ever recorded before we have over 800 nests um, that we've recorded so you know everything from our wood storks to our spoonbills and you know egrets and they're everywhere with this year which is pretty great you can really hear it once you enter the park because you just hear the the loud chatter from the canopy which is really cool and it's such a that's always been a fun conversation for me to have with the kids to talk Mm -hmm. about you know these aren't species that you would necessarily assume are friends but they can yeah. help each other out yeah coexistence and is important. so that um sort of tenuous peaceful coexistence yep. as long as you stay <laughs> again as long as you stay where you're supposed to stay and yeah. i stay where i su- supposed to stay with all my babies then everything's okay um you know every now and again yeah, the toll is paid circle of life unexpected yep. feedings it happens it happens but it happens but in nature it ha- I mean, that's happens just nature. in nature that's just nature and yep. ultimately you know far more birds are going to you know thrive and do well because of the roosting Absolutely. at the alligator farm. well obviously because yeah. i mean they're coming in of their own volition yeah and they're saying <laughs> i would rather take the risk that i can keep my babies in my nest because you guys are going to save me from the raccoons and okay. the rats yep. and all the other critters that, that are coming at me the nest. Yep. <laughs> yeah Alligators will protect them from below. <laughs> it's such a cool coexistence discussion. And, I, you know, there's just all kinds of fun learning discussions. Yeah. 
and the Nile Crocodile. Try and pick out all the different movie Easter eggs that are hidden Ooh, in the Nile so Crocodile many. exhibit. Yeah. There, there are some fun. good ones. <laughs> there are. So thank you so much. Um, hopefully we can have you back maybe uh, maybe in September when I take over the show again. Spoiler oh, alert, guys. All right. <laughs> we can talk some more about Croctoberfest, maybe the vendors that are going to be there at that point. That sounds great. So thank you so of much. Of course. It's thank you, Amanda. It's always fun to have you. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. We love you. <laughs> thank you, Blake, for pushing the buttons. And thank all of you for joining us tonight. I hope you have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow.